what it do, what it do, guys. Happy New Year. Hope I catch you at a good time. Spending New Year with your family or whatever. It's, um, it was a good year last year. It wasn't too bad. It was decent. It was all right. Not the best I've ever had, but, you know, what are you going to do about it? Anyway, this is my first podcast of the new year. And it's also my first podcast where I have a guest on. Like I said, I was going to be making a lot of, um, guests tailored podcasts a lot less of the um the individual ones the individual ones will probably just be um updates so um this is my first one like i said with someone else and my guest today is junie b she has a podcast herself it's called the other side of the truth you should check that out i'm going to link to that in the description i actually just um people gonna ask me how we met i just um found her on twitter i followed her she followed me back and i saw that she had a podcast and i said oh she had to come on and we did we're trying to make this happen before christmas but obviously stuff was happening a very busy time for everyone so we finally got around to doing it when you speak to americans it's almost like i can't speak english it's very strange it's like this is england we apparently invented a language but when you start speaking to them you just sound you sound like a foreigner <laughs> it makes no sense Probably because their voice dominates so much of media, so it doesn't sound like what you hear on TV when you listen to it back, and so that's why it sounds so weird even to yourself. But um, we have a very wide-ranging conversation about America. We talk about Barack Obama. We talk about the police state. We talk about some foreign policy. You know, we touch on everything. We even talk about um politics a little bit, which I wasn't. I didn't want to get into as much, but. I mean, she's a. I think she follows politics a lot as well. So, the conversation just kind of drifted there naturally. It's a, it was a very great conversation. We went on for about an hour. It was time flew by actually because we were vibing off each other in terms of topics. I actually had a list of what we were going to talk about, but it just kind of flowed naturally from topic to another, and um, it was very informative. I learned a lot more about America, which is kind of why I'm doing this. I want everyone to learn about everything, so. If I had someone on talking about, you know, whatever they're p- passionate about, I'm going to learn a lot from it. And hopefully you listeners are going to learn a lot from it as well. Don't forget to subscribe so you can get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. My podcast is on everything, SoundCloud. Actually, I'm still working to get it on SoundCloud. But it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all the other ones, Google Podcasts. So subscribe share i don't like saying share because it sounds a bit corny but like i said if you want to come on do take that opportunity my podcast is an open source for all anyone that wants to come on and talk about what they'd like to talk about that's fine by me just send me a little message and we can make that happen and um hope you guys enjoy hi no way hello <laughs> what's going on i'm all right how are you I'm good. How are you? I can edit this part out, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I, I actually leave it in. Doesn't really matter. It, okay. it makes it makes. What, what's been happening? Um, you know, just well, I just moved states, so I was pretty busy with moving all my stuff, and I didn't have a lot of time to record oh. the podcast. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's alright. It's alright. It's alright. I was just um, yeah, it's alright. It's alright. No, no, that's that's fine. Where did you where did you move to? Um, I moved from California to Idaho. <laughs> Idaho? 
Yeah, which is like super rural. There's like a bunch of white people out yeah. here. Yeah, I remember like, seeing a tweet that was like, black people be living in Idaho? Like, what? Yeah. Stuff like that. Stuff like that. Oh. Wow, okay. How you, is it like a bigger place or something like that? Um, no, like basically I just wanted to kind of start over, you know, be somebody better in a different state and california is really expensive to live there it's yes really yes expensive. yes i know about yeah it's kind of i wouldn't say it's like london here because i know london can't, it's not that expensive like when i see like some of the stuff about california especially like rich areas quote-unquote like san francisco and all that like whoa like, yeah people that work they can't even afford to live there and no really like honestly it, it kind of gets to a point where either you have to have a really good job or you just are kind of just surviving. And I was tired of surviving. So I want to go somewhere else, establish myself, and then move to my dream spot. <laughs> oh, okay. So did you move alone, not with family and stuff? Um, I moved with my boyfriend. My family oh. is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Congrats. Thank you. Are you guys living together before? Yes, uh, we've been living together like our whole relationship, to be honest. But we were friends prior to us oh. dating, so we oh. didn't just jump into things. Yeah. How many? How many years now? It's not even a full year. We were friends for about a year, and then we just started dating like nine months ago. So. Oh. Okay. Okay. That's that's exciting. Yeah. What about so you? Let's you... talk about your love life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have a love life right now. I, well, since since my ex-girlfriend, I don't really, because I feel like I realized, like, until I actually want to, like, get married, even if that's what something I want to do, then there's no point of me being in a relationship, because I'll just, and I always get really anxious, like, once I know I'm liking someone like that, I just panic, I just want it to end anyway, so, <laughs> right now, it's just a lot of casual dating going I on. I feel it. I mean, you have I'll to, think- you have to figure out what you want you know exactly exactly that's a good point as well yeah yeah don't just jump into something with someone because you like them i mean that's i feel like that's kind of how everybody gets hurt <laughs> true 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 and sometimes i feel like i'm at that age where i want a child more than i want a relationship at this point that sounds weird but no i understand that no i do um a kid is just this is terrible but kid is just kind of more reliable you know your kids yeah, your kids exactly. not gonna hurt you <laughs> true, true. Like, and, and they, they're kind of yours in a way like yeah they're a part of you i feel like yeah, when you find somebody you really have to find somebody who is just your person but they're just a different mm-hmm. version of you if you would yeah true, true so when you move so far like from one place to another like that because obviously our country is nowhere near as big as yours like <laughs> your country is huge i remember the, the fathers i've drove I've driven in this country. I drove four hours and I was basically almost out of the actual country. Really? Oh, so the, wow. United, the United Kingdom is um is a is a bunch of countries, even though it's one country at the same time. Yeah. So you have England, Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland, which is technically not in the UK, but they kind of are. It's a weird thing. There was a war and stuff in the 90s about that. Very complicated. <laughs> okay. But yeah, when I drove four hours, I was like basically out of the state. But you guys drive like 10 hours and you're still in the same bloody state yeah so um, how, does, how does that work pretty much the united states is just it's very big like um i'm a military brat so i'm used to just packing up and leaving and oh, okay. my wow. biggest mo- yeah that's 
my biggest move was from Alaska to North Carolina. And those two are on two different sides of the continent. It, it was crazy. But I just went to where I felt was best suited for me, if you would, right now for what I'm trying to do. Right. So did you like, you know, have a job set up, stuff like that? Or you just decided, you know, let me move and... Um, so my boyfriend has a friend here and we are staying with his friend right now. And I mean, he was like, Hey, just, if you guys can get out here, come out here and get a job. And we're like, all right, cool. <laughs> I also oh, have like, um, my podcast and just little stuff that I do here and there. Sometimes I do hair or makeup yeah, yeah, or yeah. nails. So yeah. 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 I'm, I'm like that as well. I mean, my job is kind of, yeah, my job is very, um, I teach. I don't know if I told you that. I'm a private tutor. Oh, what do you teach? Um, maths, English, science, kind of stuff like that. I have a lot of students, so sometimes it depends on what the student wants. That's like I have, yeah. Gosh. You work? Nice. Do you work with kids or is it like older people or both? Uh, no, 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 kids, kids. Kids. Really. That's. I mean, sometimes I, was... I help their parents if they're going back to school and stuff. Like, it's always it gets really like you get really close with them. So yeah. I can be teaching a kid, and his mum is like going back to college or something, and she'll ask me to proofread. Uh, essay or something like that but obviously just i normally just do that for free just because you know that's cute that's really sweet yeah. of you i um i used to work at an elementary school i really admire people who work with children uh, we that is a different type of patience because kids <laughs> oh, yeah, kids yeah. are they are a different breed but i love kids because they're just <laughs> honest little tiny people <laughs> that's the thing i get so crazy about it's, i sound like such a freshie but they're so small yeah like <laughs> Every time I'm like, it's hard to believe we were that small. No, it is. When I see like pictures of myself, I'm like, yo, like, I never imagined I'd be the person I am today. Which exactly. Is, which is cool though. Like, in a way, I get to see my growth. But I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen a picture of myself when I was small for a long time. Like, since, since I came here, basically, like, all the pictures are still in Nigeria and stuff. Like, yeah. So I haven't really seen it, but. I always thought it was weird. Even when I look at my mom now, my parents had their anniversary, like um, on the seventh of December, their wedding anniversary. They've been married twenty five years. Oh, that is gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, when I um when I when I was there, I was given a speech and stuff like that, and I had prepared it and planned it and everything like that. And I actually kind of felt weird just you know speaking about it because I was thinking twenty five years ago when they got married, I wasn't even here, and now look at me like. Yeah. I'm so like even when I look at my mom, obviously I'm so much bigger than her. I'm like I came from her. Like I was so small when I came out, and I look how much bigger I am than her. <laughs> that is amazing, out. though. That's awesome. Yeah, and when you like, I like to see my growth too because I see my parents and myself. Like sometimes I look at my mom in a picture. I look at my dad, and I'm like, oh wow, in different mm. stages, I look yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. When you that was a giant, and now like you know, I'm, I'm the same size as him, and it's kind of like wow. How did that happen? It's it's beautiful. Man, you got me thinking about kids and stuff. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. I want a baby now. He's just giving you ideas of you and your boyfriend and stuff like that. <laughs> so what so, are you... Oh, no, you go ahead. This is... <laughs> yeah, I was say, I'm, I'm happy I was able to finally get you on. I um, I, I only started a podcast like a month ago. And like, you, you know, so um, I was a bit back and forth as to what I wanted it to be about exactly. Mm-hmm. But... I've been watching a lot of history shows like the past six, seven months. And I've always been kind of intrigued by the idea that we never have like a, a people's history. 
So like when you watch history stuff, it's always from the perspective of some historian that's some kind of upper middle class or rich person. Mm-hmm. Also, we never get the people's like all the general people like you know. That's one thing I really want to know about like you know, when I look at civilizations that are thousands of years old or you know, the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians. Like, what were the average people thinking? You know, what was their opinions and things? Yeah. And we never really had that. So I kind of thought my podcast could be me collating like you know. A people's history like what's the average person you know what's their thing what are they into what are their opinions their you know their personal things so that's why i was saying to you it's not going to be exactly about politics i mean we can talk about some politics if you want but mainly about what your your thing is okay and I awesome wrote a list of questions i mean i didn't know you were a military brat which is kind of very interesting for me because i'm kind of you know very much into that policy kind of stuff but mm-hmm. we can start we can start with from when you were when you were younger like growing up and stuff like that Okay. Well, what do you so, what do you want to particularly get into? So, when you were growing up, in terms of being uh, a black, did you grow up in California? No. Um, I grew up. I would say I spent most of my childhood in Alaska. Um, I moved there when I was in like the first grade. I spent first through seventh there. Then I moved to North Carolina. I spent eighth through tenth grade there, and then I moved to California and I graduated here. Oh, okay. So how many black people in Alaska? Like five? <laughs> um, um, to to my surprise, okay, well, Alaska is very it's a it's what I would consider a melting pot, a real melting pot. Um there's a really? lot of immigrants there. Yeah. Um I, I didn't know that about Alaska. Every time I watch Alaska, you know do you know all my all my knowledge of Alaska comes from medical detectives, which is <laughs> all issue with white people white people. Yeah, no, there's a lot of white people up there too. Um, it's like it's come like native um Alaskans, like people from Samoa, people that are Tongan. It's just a bunch oh, of different cultures, and it it's amazing up there. It really oh, is. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so what about in school and stuff? What what's the racial breakdown of the school? Okay, so at school, so this was the weird thing I would say growing up for me, which is where I think a lot of confusion came in for me because. Prior to me living in Alaska, I always identified as African-American or just black. And then when I got to Alaska, um, there are there were a lot of African immigrants, but or like first generation Africans. And they were really upset when I called them African-American. And I was like, okay, wait, what am I supposed to call you then? And they're like, (laughs) just just call me African. And I'm like, but we're we're both African. It it was just crazy. Um, And there was also a very big division between african-americans and then i guess what they called themselves was real africans so there was mm. always this weird you know di- war of diasporas and it was just like damn i just thought we were all black <laughs> okay okay I, I, that's interesting because we don't really have a similar thing here obviously most we don't really have i don't think i know any african africans that are here that are descendants of slaves or anything like that yeah most africans well pretty much all africans you meet here are just you know first second or third generation or whatever like that so we do always call ourselves African. I noticed that even the first, second, we always actually tease people that call themselves that. If you ask someone like, oh, where are you from? And they're like, I'm British. We just laugh at them, we'll roll our eyes. Oh, this guy, <laughs> one of these people. So even a lot of people, even if they're second generation, they'll just tell you the African country they're from. Like, okay. When people ask that, that's what they mean. Obviously, you guys obviously don't really, like, you know, have you yes. ever tried to look into that kind of stuff? And... Um, Basically... I know, well, I noticed that a lot of Africans, even if they are literally African, like born here, they are just, they're prideful about 
being African, if you would, or just mm. being original, which I, I totally understand. That's not even to, mm-hmm. you know, drag them or Definitely, whatever. But yeah. I, I think they're just very, they're really proud of their roots, which is awesome because African-Americans yeah. are too. But mm-hmm. I think it's the way they go about it. Sometimes it's like, damn, you know, I thought we were all black, but apparently I'm not black enough. Yeah, 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 I understand. I saw there was a thing, I think it was last year, I started to see it, a lot of um African descendants of slave stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of friction between that and like Africans. I think a lot of the Africans actually came to study and stuff like that. They they was not very pleased with them. Yeah. And they there was a lot of is is that a major thing or just like a minor Twitter thing? I think in America that's a major thing. I think in America, black people okay, black Americans have just been told for so long by actual like African people that we're not African. <laughs> And so we're we're constantly trying to prove our blackness by doing things like wearing afros or dashikis or you know beads, and then they say we you're wearing this wrong, you're doing this wrong, and we're like, well, damn, just help us because we obviously don't know. We're just trying to piece this together, and then they get upset, and I think everything just comes off as disrespect because black people are really sensitive. Honestly, we really are, okay. and we have reason to be. But yeah, yeah. It's, See, I didn't. I didn't think it was that much of a <clears throat> that much of a of a thing, to be honest. I didn't. Yeah. Really think they um, and I would, I don't even want to say they because it's definitely from both sides. I've seen ignorant Americans say ignorant things about Africans, and I've seen ignorant Africans, you know, advice versa. Yeah, yeah. It goes both ways. Um, yeah. When I, I was yeah, when I was growing up, that's kind of how I always thought because I grew up in Nigeria, so I hadn't <clears throat> I didn't really met many. Obviously, I, I don't think I met any African Americans. I think I'd only seen like four white people ever in my life until like till I came here because because where I grew up in Lagos there are some white people but it's very big so mm-hmm. the white people are only in like the business areas and they have nothing to do with the residential areas so okay. if you don't go to those areas you won't even see them so it's a, I'm pretty sure like my state is probably my country is probably 100% black the white people there will be like 0.00001 percent and a lot of them are not even living there. They just come there for like a month or a week or something to do business and then they're out. That is awesome. That sounds like my dream. Like <laughs> <laughs> Your dream of a, of a black, you know, from, what's, it, what's, what's that country? Wakanda or something? <laughs> no, for <laughs> real. Like I would love to go to, I just, I want to, to be surrounded by people who understand me where I, I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to explain my hair, my, nothing. I just, I'm tired of having to do that with, you know because my country is there's just so many different people here and everybody just thinks they know everything and it's just like yo i don't know you'd be surprised though with the with the class stuff which i'm gonna get to that later i was gonna ask you about because i know like from looking at your podcast you're very very is afrocentric pan-african which one is it in that way you're very you know very conscious of the black experience and stuff like that yes i'm very um... go on I, I say I'm pro-black woman, and that's not to say that I hate black men or anything of the sort. I'm just, <laughs> I'm at a point where I... I don't hate them, that. but if they died, you wouldn't hurt me too much. Um, as mean as that sounds, I'm not, I'm not marching for these dudes anymore. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. When I lived in okay. California, Stefan Clark mm-hmm. was killed, and um, I immediately, this is, was, was when I was super just pro-black, pro-black men and everything, and I went Afro- out and marched, yeah. and there were pepper spraying and shooting people and people were really getting hurt over this only for me to go home and turn on the news and see that he thought black women were repulsive and that was just it for me that was my breaking point i was just done wow. i was actually going to ask you when this radicalism now you just said it. so stefan clark died in what year was it i want to 2016 or 2017 
I can't remember. See, this sounds so horrible, but there's been so many. I can't remember exactly how he died. No, that is true. Um, he he. I actually lived two minutes away from Stefan Clark. It literally. No. Yes, he lived in the south part of Sacramento. Um, he was trying to get into his grandmother's house at night, and he tried to get into the front and he couldn't, so he hopped the fence. And I apparently somebody. Oh yes, yes, he got chased, and then yeah, he got shot like twenty times or something. Yeah. It was, it was really, it was awful. Wait, so who, who called the police on him? Um, I'm assuming somebody in the neighborhood, because honestly, in, in the area that we live in is, it, it, it was a rough part. So okay. I would assume somebody thought he was trying to break in and steal something, and then they just called. Oh, okay. But he said it was his grandmother's house or something like that? Yeah, it was his grandmother's house. I mean, that's, that's, that's incredible, because I haven't spoken to an, an American that's so like race conscious the way you are and every time i see the um you know the kind of shootings and stuff like that i always try not to think of it as like you know it's you know it's all over the place stuff like that yeah but it's kind of hard not to get that especially when you see how brazen <laughs> it is it's very confusing yeah um to say i mean we are all over the place here in america i'm gonna just keep it real like <laughs> we're a fucking mess like we're ridiculous um, we just know how to mask it better is the thing. I think we are just so good at at telling everybody else, you know, your your system is messed up, your your country's mm-hmm. bad, and then we sweep things under the rug like systemic racism and police brutality. Mm-hmm. Like these are really big issues. That in gun control too. You have all these crazy white people going in these schools shooting these kids and killing them. Like we it's we don't have it as good as everybody thinks we have it here. Like after you watch the film. What was the film? What was the film? I watched the film last night. Oh, it was the film. It was um Shazam. Mm-hmm. And there was this um. <laughs> in, <laughs> there was it came on Sky Cinema, and um, I didn't have to download it, so I was like, you know what? Why not? I don't really like those kind of films because they're very predictable and stuff. But it was not too bad. But there was a op- there was a bit in the opening where kids were walking through um, metal detectors, and obviously that took me straight away to you know the whole gun issue. Yeah, and that was just kind of. Incredible for me. And when I went to college, we did have metal metal detectors one time, but that wasn't because of us. We don't even have guns here, really. Even police don't have guns. <laughs> we have like six police units that have guns. Although recently they did um increase the number of police that have guns because of the whole um there, there was a lot of um terrorist attacks with like um cars and stuff like that. Oh wow. Yeah. So like that's basically the way people have to we have terrorist attacks here. Cars run into people, or um someone like does like a knife stabbing thing. Oh wow! Five, six people, but then and then they get shot or something. Yeah, that's that's kind of. I mean, as as terrible as this is gonna sound, I yeah. I think that would be a whole lot better. You know, people can die from stabbing, but you know, like. Yeah. No. No. It, yeah. It, it is a whole lot better because you can actually fight them as well. Because it's it's like it's very close. Whereas someone has a gun, how quick are you gonna get to them before they shoot you? Exactly. You kind of get um, away yourself. Yeah. Stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Although a lot of our terrorist attacks have been very suspicious in the terms of like there have been a lot of um like intelligence mm-hmm. like you know it's like they knew about it or they were following the person or it was very weird in fact the one we had recently i don't know if you heard about this we had one we had an election on the december 12th yeah we had one about six days before the election and there was actually a video of it and the guy had been stopped by like the public some a few people tackled him to the ground took a knife off him and the police just shot him like execution style he had no weapon wow it was incredible. I don't even know why we're not talking about it now because I guess after that there was a lot of you know this always happens. It always benefits the right wing, isn't it? They always go, oh, we need to you know murder them and 
keeping people in prison indefinitely and all that kind of right-wing stuff. So mm-hmm. I guess you couldn't really, you know, have a sane conversation about why the police had to shoot someone that was clearly unarmed. I mean, come on. But I, it, it kind of boggles the mind, sorry. No, you're, I, I totally agree with you. I think here in um, America, the poli- police are just very trigger-happy. And I don't know if, if they... Um, talk about you know the police origins here in america because they don't even teach us here in america this is stuff i had to find out on my own but our own police um depart every single one of them is rooted in in anti-blackness they started off as slave patrol so that definitely it 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 bleeds through and it shows in today's day and age when they're shooting unarmed black people but then they can disarm these white kids who are walking out of schools with ak-47s it's like yo what what's going on like but you, but you think it's deeper than that? Because some people make a, an argument about like a kind of population control, not population control in the sense of like killing people to reduce their numbers, but in the sense of like, you know, like the social kind of stuff. They don't want too much um, revolutionary talk and all that kind of stuff. Because yeah. maybe some will say like slavery is so far back. Not that it doesn't affect stuff, but obviously that was like 200 and something years ago it was abolished. And I'm sure the average like policeman is not thinking, you know, we were once a slave patrol, so we have to carry on in that vein. So oh, yeah. what would you say not, is, yeah. the, is the training that makes them be so crazy? Um, so I had to do this project in college, and it was basically on this topic. And what I found from my research was that police officers have this brotherhood. And the brotherhood is to never be broken. You're never to tell on your brother. And if your brethren were taught from the time this um, this department was built that you're not to tell on each not to tell on either one of each other but even if they're wrong you're supposed to protect them like they they'll do terrible things like plant drugs on people and and Mm. shoot and kill people or just do things that are illegal and they're not allowed to tell on one another and that is what it's like that that was a a pillar taken from their slave patrol you're not supposed Mm. to tell and so even when black police officers join the force they get caught up in doing, you know, awful things to people, and it's like they they don't tell, or if they're not even caught up in it, they they see things happening and don't try to stop it. Yeah, and, yeah. And so if we could play some armchair psychology here, why do you think they want to do those things to people? Like some of the things they do, I don't know. I don't know if you heard about the story of the guy. This happened. Um, I think it was yesterday or something. The guy that killed himself because um there was a video of. The policeman, he was on the bed and he had some mental health stuff and the policeman was just slapping him until he drew blood. Like, yes. completely, like, you, you can't even understand what the hell they're doing. Like, what was that for? Like, it makes no sense. So what do you think motivates that? I think a lot of people in positions of power where they can enforce, like, physical trauma on somebody, those people <laughs> are typically people who... They're just violent people. Um, mm. I did this poll in high what? school about, and I asked kids who would be comfortable with being a police officer and who wouldn't. And mm. I told them, you know, I got all the tallies. And when I asked them, you know, yes or no, and why, the kids who, who said yes, a, a, my biggest, most common answer was because I get to shoot people. No way. Yes, it was because I get to shoot people. And the people who said no, they said no because they didn't want to be responsible for anybody's death. Regardless and this was in high school, you say? This is in high school, yes. And so it was... Jesus Christ. People understand that when you are a police officer, you have power. And mm. power means I can do whatever I want to do. And I think a lot oh. of police officers become officers because they know that. 
and they get to do whatever they want without, you know, being held responsible. Oh, okay. So it's nothing to do with like their training or so it's already ingrained in them that this is the kind of people they are. So I when really they just do. have that power, they just manifest it in, you know, savage attacks and stuff like that. Yeah, and this isn't every police officer. I understand that there are there are good ones out there, but I feel like those who are caught typically mm. doing crazy stuff like that, mm. those are the people who have are they already have it in them to be psychotic, you know, mm. yeah, violent yeah. people like that. Because yeah. when you when you look at some of it, like I, I I think especially from someone obviously so far away from it, the feeling I get it's not even anger; it's just confusion. Like when I see it. I just want to be able to, you know, get in front of them and be like, what were you thinking? Like, what was that? Like, let's get beyond all the, you know, all the arguments about, you know, self-defense and all that bullshit, which they're going to say anyway. Just what, what what did you want? There was also the other one I saw about in California about the guy that was like, they arrested him for being like, um, drunk and disorderly or something. Mm-hmm. And then they, like, there was 10 of them and they beat the guy up so much. And the guy is suing now. And you're like, why? He was already in the, in the jail, by the way, they walked him to the jail cell. Wow, he was already in the all... cell. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the guy, yeah, and then they all basically like, you know, went like almost like you know, let's go meet up somewhere, and like, but don't make, don't make, don't make obvious. So like, one person goes and then two people go and then stuff like that. And then oh. they walked there and then they cornered him in the cell. And the guy said he thought they were literally gonna kill him. They were choking him, beating him, and then they walked him back out straight afterwards. And you're like, what? I, I could not believe what I was those, I think those people are just, they are already like sociopathic people. Like, if you're, you're okay with beating somebody almost to death and they're in You know, just a powerless person that didn't do anything and, you know, like just, just, it, it was barbaric, honestly. I couldn't believe my, I'm pretty sure they probably might be some serial killers in there or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if, okay, if we're, being honest, there are a lot of police officers who have shot and killed people or seriously injured somebody and gotten away with it. And, you know, just because it doesn't make the news doesn't mean that this person isn't um, a serial attacker. They, they're true. getting away with killing people that they can potentially unarm or that aren't even armed at all. Like Exactly, exactly. That's and crazy. I think maybe they have that thirst for blood. So next time they don't even want to try. They just get the guns out, shoot. Because also something I'm really struck by is the fact that you see a video of a of a police officer. There was actually one that almost made me laugh. They were trying to talk a guy off jumping off a ledge, and they had their hands on their gun. What? They're what? insane. What was that for? I, That's I insane. Honestly, that is sick. To be completely real, no, like, no. how can you try and talk me off of this ledge while you have your hand on your gun? Like, exactly. What are you doing? Like, if I, what's your gun gonna do here? Like. What exactly is your aim? But I, I guess it shows how reflective it is for them. That's kind of um incredible. Like so um after your whole radicalization in terms of you know these African or African American, how did you how did you get into starting your podcast? Let's get into that. So okay, I had planned on just starting like a YouTube channel and just talking about certain stuff, mm-hmm. but I am like really, I am a perfectionist and I'm not going to like film myself if I don't have my hair or makeup done. So, <laughs> so got to a point where I'm You're not going to do like a Kayla Nicole or something. Is that name? I mean, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, 
I, I'm really weird about my appearance, if you would. And so I would get to, to a point where I just put it off. Like when I'm doing my podcast, I don't have to put my wig on, like none of that. I'm, just, I'm mm. chilling. Like nobody can see me. And I, and I feel that, that too, it's more natural and raw for me because nobody can see me. I'm really just mm. being myself, you know, even when yeah. people are filming themselves, they're, they're always going to be somewhat, you know, n- non-organic because they're yeah, part of a yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I always, I always wonder how YouTubers do that because they're in a room alone and they like laughing and they look like lunatics. So why are you doing about what they're doing? Like, I, I, and that too. Like, I just, I want, I don't know. I, I want to just talk about stuff and, mm. and it not be about my nail color, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as, okay, as shallow yeah. as that sounds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so in terms of the, how did the, um, the the worldview and then the podcast itself line up so when you start to feel how you felt about in terms of being pro-black and pro-black woman should i say, let me correct myself sorry so thank you, you for that <laughs> so I'm, I'm still pro-black if you would because i don't want to see the extermination of black men i want black men to uplift themselves and get degrees and i want the whole community to be better so technically speaking yes you could say i'm still pro-black However, I am for the advancement and I am for everything pro-Black woman. I want us to win and succeed because at this point, we don't have the time or the energy to keep turning around and and making things about both Black women and men when it's not reciprocated by Black men. And I don't want to speak on Black men as a collective. I'll say Black American men are Mm -hmm. really okay with being selfish and i feel like black women need to start being okay with being selfish too mm, okay okay i see your point i see your point there but do, do you think about it in terms of this is not me defending them or anything but the, basically a lack of almost awareness because when you talk for example about when you speak about uplifting black women and black people generally you're speaking from a place of like you know like we, we just talked about you know police brutality stuff like that whereas maybe they don't say it has holistically is that um yeah in a way okay yeah I'll give that to them whatever no No, I understand what you're saying I get that I think some black men genuinely are ignorant to certain issues that black women go through but Mm -hmm. and I put that but in there because it's we've gotten to a point where I feel like black women are are still educating these men and they're not Mm -hmm. changing um Mm -hmm. we're 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 telling them you know, you guys are, we're, we're actually giving them statistics. You guys are killing us, beating us, trafficking us, you know, assaulting us at, at, at a higher rate than any other demographic of male. And that, and it hurts because oh, you're really? black. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, and here in America. Oh, okay. And it's, it's like when we bring this to their attention, they either tell us we're lying, that, that the stats are made up, or that we're just seeking attention and that we just hate black women. And we're like, no, we're holding you accountable for things. Yes. That's like, I, I, I saw that yeah i think when i was um having my um political awakening kind of this was like 2016 17 after i didn't go to university college you guys call it and i started to um think about i was very um if i had to place myself on the spectrum i was very liberal in that way i was you know i supported hillary, hillary clinton stuff like i mean now i don't i mean ugh, that was a terrible terrible thing to do we're gonna get into <laughs> some politics later on but um I I saw a lot of that, like, you know, black women will say stuff like, on Twitter anyway, black women will say stuff like, you know, we're killing us, blah, blah, And then there was actually a tweet where the guy said, oh, but can we focus on, you know, advancing our race first and we can do that later? And I didn't, 
he basically made me laugh. He didn't realize how dumb that sounded. Like, <laughs> we can be, we'll beat you up now, but then, you know, 500 years from now, maybe we'll revisit the topic. And it was kind of a strange. And I think that's what it is. Like, for one, why can't we multitask in the Black community? Why can't we address uh, multiple issues at one time? Like, I feel like we always say, well, no, we need to deal with this first. Like, no, we can deal with blank, blank, and blank all at the same mm-hmm. time. I just feel like you guys, not you in particular, but Black yeah. American men just don't want to put in the work. And I think mm-hmm. they're starting to see now that Black American women are, we're, we're divesting. We're, we're mm-hmm. investing in ourselves. And it's scary for them because we've always been the ones to invest in them. So do you think they're kind of enjoying their privilege a little bit? In terms of being male, yeah, being like their male privilege. Yes. Um, I think black men, I don't even think black men have denied several times to me that they have any kind of privilege at all because they're black men and that they, they don't oppress black women. And it's just crazy to me because, you know, the fact that you can go on a stroll at night and you're you're completely fine. And I'm terrified to do that because I don't know if somebody's going to assault me. That is your privilege right there. But they never want to admit that. And it's like, damn, like. We're never going to reach any leveled ground until you, you guys just say, you know, okay, I, you're right. I can acknowledge that. I can, I can agree with you and we can move on, you know? Hmm. I, think, I think maybe they see privilege as a, as a positive privilege, not a negative. So you see, that's a, what you describe is more of a negative privilege, like the privilege of not being murdered in the, in the street by yeah. a stranger. But they won't see that as a quote unquote privilege as opposed to, they would see that more as, I don't know, like, you know, How's that, you know, some kind of win for us in mm-hmm. a way? They might. And, um, but I also think there's also a complicated, you know, well, gender stuff issue with that, isn't it? Because when I was in college, I actually joined the um, Gender Equality Society, which kind of informed my politics a lot. But at the time, a lot of the issues that were being discussed there, even though when I thought about it, obviously after being in there, it seemed so obvious. It never occurred to me. And I think you would be surprised as to how many people there are out there like that, where it's not like they're, you know, they're, they're resistant to these ideas. They just haven't even thought of it. Like, I remember when we were in gender equality society, they were talking about something as mundane as being able to walk around topless. Yeah. It's illegal for women to, but men can. And then some girl kind of said, it's sexist because we're not allowed to do it because we're women. And I, I literally hadn't thought about it that way, you know? Yeah. And then she lacking it to imagine someone saying you can't do this because you're black. And it never occurred. It never occurred to me, even though I thought of myself as a, a smart guy. So maybe there is there is some of that going on. And my friends used to always tease me about it because I was like the only guy there. But I was literally was just there because I was just curious about, you know, what it would be about. Like I was always curious about conversations about anything really, you know. Mm-hmm. And there was also a topic about women being paid less. And I literally had a conversation with my male friend. He's a smart guy, by the way, as well. And he was saying to me, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? What do you mean? And he was like, boy, it's only like, um, I think when we checked the average, it was like an average of, I don't know, a few thousand pounds a year. And he was like, yeah, but it's only a few thousand over a year. Like, that's not even that. But I was like, they're not, they're not getting that because they're women. And he was like, well, so? And that was when it kind of dawned on me that that's how a lot of men think. Yeah. You know? Just, um, uh, what's the big oh. deal? The whole it's not my problem thing. Mm-hmm. And I've had several men tell me too, like the the pay gap isn't real. And when I present them with sound articles and sources that I'm like, yes, this is real. They get upset and they say, well, it's because you guys have babies and you guys take yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that too. He was like, well, they have babies. And I was like, but 
obviously in our species, someone has to have to pay these. So why can't, like, are you going to penalize them for something that, you know, it just happened to be they're the ones that do it instead of us. And it, but, and that doesn't, yeah. and I feel like they use that and don't realize that, you know, we're being paid less all throughout the time of us working there. It's not just yeah, that we yeah. didn't get paid during our maternity leave. It's literally like black women in America get paid 80 cents on the dollar. Like that's for every dollar that an Asian woman gets, I get 80 cents. Like people really don't understand that it's real. Like you can draw a line between that and the, the wealth inequality, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's that's kind of that's kind of strange. Okay, by the way, let me let me ask you a question. Guess what percentage of people black people make up in this country? Mm, what is it like? Thirty <laughs> percent? Is that is that too much? Is it too little? That's too much. Too little? Too much. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> is it what like twelve percent? I'm thinking it's like super small now. It's it's two percent. It's two. Oh my god! <laughs> I live in London. Yeah, that's like where all the black people are concentrated. <laughs> if you go outside of London, like you can't, you barely even see. We, we always joke about it as well. Like, oh, you don't even see black people. Like, yeah, it's funny because on my um, like in my school, there was a lot of black people. In fact, my school football team, soccer, you guys call it, mm-hmm. football. There was no, there was no white people on the team. <laughs> Even though white people are probably a majority in the school itself, but there was only black guys on the on the football team. I love how you guys call it football. Oh my god! Because <laughs> it is football. <laughs> you play it with your feet, anyway. Anyway, yes. But I know you guys are like what 14 percent, something like that. Um, I think so. I haven't really because honestly, the percentage of um black people that make up the population it's skewed i feel like sometimes depending on where you go well i love to get my statistics from the from our fbi and those are i say the Mm. the ones that i know aren't skewed but even in in that some sometimes it's it's a bit yeah 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 it's it's it seems the the census data um the census it was what i think black men make up like about six percent of the population uh, but and black women make up uh, I don't know. I think we don't make up a very lot or a big yeah, percentage. Exactly. We don't. I mean, I, I read that the U.S. is like 70% white. Yes. You know, hair, hair is 90% white. The U.K. Oh is 90% white. And Asians, like South Asians, I mean, just Asians in general, they make up about 4% and then Black people make up 2% and then everyone else is the rest. But you wouldn't know it if you, just, if you were in London because London is like literally where all the minorities live. Like, okay is it like <laughs> why is that is that like i don't know like i think state? because like minorities were here before so we have links so this is when you come from your native country you kind okay. of live where you know everyone else lives so it just happens to be that you know more people just move and and like if for example my family was to move like outside london it would be strange because we wouldn't know anyone like it would be a bit and people are kind of reticent to do that so the way you just say oh i'm gonna move to Idaho because i have a friend there we wouldn't, especially because my family like first generation so we all just came here like you know 10 okay. years ago so we wouldn't have any other family links and stuff like that so it just kind of you know keeps on multiplying that way and next thing you know all the black all the minorities are concentrated in one tiny you know yeah <laughs> well London's i mean that's good though at least you guys have um a cap where everybody yeah is. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a community definitely and there's always like you know the shops with the seller kind of stuff and all that kind of stuff there's loads of that around 
So um, now I was gonna I was gonna ask you, Barack Obama, Black <laughs> Jesus himself. Let's 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 hear your thoughts. First of all, do you remember when you got elected? How, how old were you? I was eight years old when Obama oh. got elected. CBS projects that Senator Barack Obama of Illinois will be the next president of the United States. Do you remember and that? I, was, I do. I will never forget that. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I was ecstatic because I remember, and this was before um, I started making the distinction between biracial black people and just monoracial black people. Um, that was one thing. That, sorry, sorry. That was one thing I never understood. Every time they said that, I was like, "But his mom is white. Like, why is no one talking about this?" I, it's I, I, I think black Americans just try to take any win. <laughs> any win we can I mean, get. I, mean, or like, I think that's what it means. But I, I remember watching him being elected, and I felt like for the very first time, there was somebody on television who could maybe relate to how an average black person just went about their day. I felt mm-hmm. for the first time, okay, maybe somebody is gonna hear me now. Okay. And then I remember just how he handled, I, 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 I was in love with him until how he handled the Flint, Michigan situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, here, this city in, um, it's in Michigan, it's called Flint, Michigan, I'm hella funny. Anyways. Yeah, um, hey, no, no, yeah, I, I know a lot about, sorry, I'm such a politics nerd, I know a lot about this. Okay, so, so you're, you're aware of the lead poisoning and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll never forget when I watched Obama's press conference when he went there and... Can, can I get some water? Before a crowd of a thousand... I really did need a glass of water, this is not a stunt. He wet, he just wet his lips a little bit. He didn't even drink the water and he was like, when I was a little boy, I ate a paint chip and I was fine. And he literally just told the what? people, yeah. <laughs> what? what are you talking about? He just was like, you guys are okay. The water's fine. Um, and that was that. And I just remember being so disappointed and disgusted and like, wow. So did that, did that make you start to reevaluate other stuff that he's done that you thought were great or not so great? Yeah, I mean, before I would say I wasn't really paying attention. Mm. I wasn't. I was just like, oh, okay, you know, we got a black president. But then mm. when I saw that, it made me rethink all those things. You know, like, um, I have a lot of friends who are from the Middle East, and yeah. they would talk about how, you know, he's killing people. And there's no doubt that uh, civilians were killed that shouldn't have been. Uh, over there. And I'd be like, okay, but every president kills people. Yeah. <laughs> Just really? defending the home team, kind of. Yeah. Really, like just trying to, to, rationalize to hold it. on and rationalize this terrible thing he's doing just because he's black, mm-hmm. and and then when I saw him treat other black people that way, I was disgusted and was like, wow. I had to check myself honestly. Like there were plenty of other things he did that I should have been like, this isn't okay. But when I saw him treat his own community this way, I was just like, wow. Oh, that's apparent oh, like incredible incredible so um when when it was um that you know the hillary clinton 2016 elections how were you feeling about that were you did, did the fact that obama was going to bat for her kind of turn you off a little bit or did you just feel ambivalent um i kind of felt like it was just the lesser of two evils and mm-hmm. <laughs> if obama has to back up hillary and what she does then i guess that's what he has to do he had already kind of been i already revoked his golden star if you will <laughs> so i was kind of just like whatever i think he's Did doing whatever he for her. 
to stay afloat. <laughs> Did you vote for Hillary? I was 16 at the time. Oh, okay. so I couldn't okay. vote at all. Oh, yes. Eight plus eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my math is terrible sorry uh, a- did you um so but did you have the feeling of you know the first w- woman president etc cetera, etc cetera? no honestly i didn't have a shadow i i didn't think hillary was gonna win i knew once you, you didn't think that no i did not oh. <laughs> i wanted her to win but i knew for a fact trump was going to he was gonna take it only because i've lived in so many places over mm-hmm. you know the time of period of my life and mm-hmm there are a lot more racist white people than there are non-racist white people that I've met. And that could just be my own personal experience. But mm-hmm. I, I just knew that this, the things he was saying, cause, cause when I would ask people, why are you even voting for Trump? It had, they never even said it had anything to do with his economic plan or anything that he wanted to put in place, you know, to mm-hmm. make our, com- our country's infrastructure or, you know, race tensions. It was all about, well, I liked what he said regarding Mexican people. And I like that he's, he he's open about it and i'm like wow you're really you're, you're co-signing this man for being racist because he can openly be racist and you can't wow okay. incredible so you didn't so so you thought it was so you think it's definitely a racist thing that got him elected um definitely because a lot of the people who voted for him were ignorant white people who are now being affected by everything that he's done in office negatively at that so i know it didn't have anything to do with his economic plan. So what? So what do you what do you say to people that say it was more of a a thumb in the eye for the establishment kind of thing? Because you obviously you have someone like Hillary Clinton who was like the perfect embodiment of the establishment and was a woman, which kind of probably turns some people off in the sense that they were trying to launder her establishment credentials through her being a woman and saying, "Oh, it's so amazing," even though it's not really. So, so do you think that kind of there was a there was a factor of that in there? Um, I think that Hillary, oh gosh, mm. <laughs> I'm trying to be really nice because I don't like Hillary or Trump. No, no, don't, don't be nice. This is a, a frank podcast. Keep it, keep it real. I think that Hillary being a white woman really helped her. I don't think that her, her gender really was anything that was dry. I think, I think. Hillary really used the feminist movement for that, which white mm-hmm. men, women typically do. They use yes. white feminism to push them and stomp on other people and to get to where they need to go. Um, I don't know if she would have done any better than Trump, but I definitely do think that Hillary's her entire persona was just really like, I'm a woman, I'm a woman. Yeah, it, yeah. She wasn't yeah. saying anything else other than I'm a woman. Like, <laughs> I need for you to tell me why you should run this country. And that was with the both of them. They were both just playing these petty ass immature toddler games where they were insulting one another and just being children. And I think that Trump is a bigger child. And so he won. Mm, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Trump was really when I basically began my political awakening. I had always, I mean, I didn't really follow American politics that much until like the year before that. But then I used to watch a lot of CNN, like a lot. I'd watch all the CNN primetime shows. Anderson Cooper, Don Lemon. Who's the other guy? Jake Tapper, I think, who used to come on in between or something like that. And I was heavily, like, you know, in the Democratic Party. Obviously, I couldn't vote for them, but I was kind of, you know... To me, it was almost like, you know, they were the good guys, the Republicans were the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And then when... When um, Hillary lost, I mean, I literally... I could not believe it. 
Like, <laughs> I couldn't... Because I think the way they covered it, like, the way they covered the election, it was almost like no one even liked Trump. Even though, I guess there were signs, in it? Because he'd always fill out stadiums and, you know, stuff like that. But I guess he kind of is influenced by the kind of, you know, when we talk about the part of Twitter you're in. I was kind of in that liberal Twitter, so... <laughs> Hillary could do no wrong, and you know, all the to me, it was like all they had on her was like emails and what else was it, Benghazi or something like that. Yeah, um, I always before I ever like say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in this political candidate. I always look at their track record and if they've ever Mm. changed any of their views. And and Hillary, Hillary has always been a lippity flop type of person, yeah yeah she checks she checks she checks the wins first yes she she sees what's most popular and goes with that so yeah, honestly yeah. i don't know that she would have even made a better fit anyways because just what just because your husband was president doesn't mean that you have any qualifications just like trump does it you know like <laughs> yeah, there were just yeah. a lot of things i feel like people overlooked because she was a woman and it was like damn mm. she sucks too like <laughs> yeah but so how's he start to say these things do you start to maybe like rethink, you know, it being about racism and stuff like that? Do you think maybe people saw these things too? Like these white people oh, they were like Of course, intersectionality is very important when we speak about such, you know, things like this, like race, uh, gender, economic status. All of this stuff definitely plays a part in people's decisions. But being a black woman in America, I am so politically like my thought process is so politically driven and race and gender is everything for me. Oh, so that okay. could just be how I process things. Oh, okay, okay. When I talk to other people and I ask them, you know, like, why do you, why do you think it is Trump was elected? And they say like, okay, well, in my town, people are just racist as hell. Like <laughs> people are just racist and wanted him to, to run this country. And, and his mm. biggest thing was build the wall, keep the Mexicans out. And a lot of white people want to keep Mexicans out of their country, so... <laughs> that's, that's a fair point, that's a fair point. I mean, when I started to, you know, dissect it, as I started to, as, as she lost, I started to move a bit further to the left and started to realise, again, I, I don't live in America, so I can't really speak for the, um, I'm sure it's always very racist, but when I started to look at, like, alternative news sources, like, one of the places I get my whole, my Flint stuff from, there's this some um, independent news media called Status Coup, maybe mm-hmm. you've heard of them, and they do a lot of original reporting on Flint and stuff like that. It's really, really good. The guy that like hosts he's quite funny as well. And, like, I, I just kind of, like, kind of like him. And he was, say, he was saying the reason he was very worried that Hillary was going to lose. I mean, not worried because he hated her too. Yeah. Obviously, he's a lefty boy. So he hates her from the perspective that she's always trying to crap on the left. And, you know, yeah. any popular ideas that the left wants, she, she's always against it because she works for the oligarchs. But he said, <laughs> we, he said once Trump said NAFTA, the people went crazy. Yes, they went crazy. He was like, when he's like, when he hears people talk about, you know, it's because of racism, he just laughs because he's like, you guys don't have a clue. And the more I became politically awake, the more I realized that kind of stuff. And when we had our election here as well, we had a oh my goodness, I, I feel like I'm gonna cry now. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> we had a we have a we have kind of a two party system as well. There's other parties that are much smaller. Because mm-hmm. we don't have the same... So we don't have presidents, obviously. We have a prime minister. Mm-hmm. So if you have the biggest party, then the, the leader of the party becomes a prime minister. Okay. So we had an election on December 12th. And the left part, the left party, is called the Labour Party. Uh-huh. But they weren't always left. But, like, the leader was very... He's a, very, he's a socialist. He actually, I'm, I know in America, socialist is like a dirty word, but... I'm, people... Okay, I am a socialist fan, though. <laughs> oh, Really? 
I am. I think socialism. You go ahead. You keep going, and then we'll get into. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. True. <laughs> I'm the youth, isn't it? Socialism is catching on. People are, you know, we're realizing it's not, you know, it's not the red scare anymore. But um, yeah. <laughs> he um he had. I mean, if you see our plat the platform, this was the first time I actually donated to a political party. And okay. if you see the relentless attack this man came under, they attacked him so viciously. I've never seen anything like it. First of all, they smeared him for being an anti-Semite so much. Oh wow! It, it was it was painful because. And the thing about him is he's so um. He's so like mild mannered. He never like attacks back. Which, so yeah, it it's kind of a detriment to him. He's, he, he has to have a bit of Trump in him. You get what I mean? Like you have to fight back. But he was very... All he did was apologise. Even though he had nothing... To, there was no anti-Semitism crisis. It was a made-up thing. Mm-hmm. Because, basically, he's, like, supports the Palestinian people. So, they wanted to, you know... You can't have that, obviously. Yeah. In these empires. And so, they, they just... They took him down and they lost pretty badly. And I was so upset. Like, for, like, a day, I was just off Twitter, just depressed. <laughs> no, you I'm don't understand. Sorry. This was such a huge chance. Like, the policies this guy was talking about, this was like once in a lifetime, like revolution type policies. Yeah. But even his own party undermined him so much. Like it was so depressing. Like they just didn't. It's like what they're doing to Bernie now, isn't it? Like, yeah. Even I, his own party just. I think people know that when a very big radical change is going to happen, well, people are scared, are afraid of change, especially yeah. when that means you lose power. So. Mm. They're just like, damn, you know, if we really allow, and that's, uh, equality is is power, but it's, everybody has it at this point. And yeah. I think when, if we really level the playing field and, and really give everybody the same amount of privilege and power, then people are going to be terrified because that means that the mediocre ones are not going to be able to stay afloat like they are now. You know, we have mediocre people who are uh, millionaires, you know, and it's like. Exactly, exactly. These, these people have no talent. <laughs> they have no, they have no, Ooh. nothing that even, I could even think that a millionaire, they have none of these qualities. And it's like, yeah, yeah. but they have this power. They have this, this generational wealth. And they know that once everybody's got this, this, this power, their power doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're so, I, but I, I still don't understand, like, from a psychological point of view, their hostility to just, Poor people just having you know people just living decent yeah. that's the one thing i always say like they could rip us off and still have the majority for themselves but they don't want that they want to really like stick the knife in it, it's it's quite scary when you think about it you know like i always make the point that jeff bezos which is the richest man like in the history of the world oh my gosh yeah. he could pay his workers 30 dollars an hour minimum and still be a hundred plus billionaire which is more than enough money than anyone ever needs for several lifetimes. But he, he won't. He's always going to find ways to cut it even more. And it's kind of almost psychopathic. Like, what is wrong with these people? Exactly. Like, it's you You have more wealth than you will ever be. Even if you spend a million dollars a day, oh. the money that you generate from just every day, you have so much money that you can help. You don't want to because you know that once you spread the wealth, once you actually make this 
world a better place to live in, you mm. lose power. Even, and I'm not even asking you to give away all of your wealth. We're literally, I used to work for Amazon. I worked for Amazon for a day. I'm not even kidding. Like I, I, I did my 10 hour. I quit. Fuck this. This is, <laughs> really? I, I felt like a slave, like you, literally. It, wow. They're, they're, even their lingo at Amazon, there's this thing where they are like, you should convert to a full-time employee who's never going to get fired. I was like, what the what? fuck is this? A, is this a cult? What do you mean convert? <laughs> convert. <laughs> Cleanse yourself of those, those demons of laziness. <laughs> of those temporary Yeah, exactly. Lives. Yeah, like, and come it, join it felt us. Like, like I was there and against my will, honestly. It just felt <laughs> so weird. Like You know the, you know the weird thing they do now as well? is like they run these TV ads. Where they're like, oh, Amazon is still amazing to work at. You're like, what is wrong with these people? Just pay your yeah. workers, mate. Stop wasting money on TV ads and just, you know, they even have this Twitter page called Amazon News and all that, and they just run constant PR. I, again, this is the kind of derangement these people have. They'll rather spend the money on PR than just paying their workers. They, which is, it's sick because they get you with the whole, yeah, yeah oh my gosh, we're gonna pay you guys fifteen dollars an hour. And in a lot of places in America, that's amazing because minimum wage is like seven twenty-five in some places here. So people are like fifteen dollars. Hell yeah, I'm gonna do that. But mm. then they don't tell you that you have to work six days a week. The fucking minimum is like ten hours a shift. And then they have this mandatory overtime day where you work twelve hours. No. And like, they don't tell. I swear, like they just they they don't tell you everything, and it's sad. Like. People are really like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be able to turn my life around, and then they become fucking. And they're working slaves. like yeah, they're working like animals, and just one of them, one of our um, MPs. That's what we have a member of parliament. That's our that's what our government thinks called parliament. Mm-hmm. And um, he um, I mean, this guy got reelected. He had a, he came out. I think it was like a few months before the election, because right now our retirement age is 68, which is so high. And he was like, <laughs> with the advances in medicine and stuff, stuff like that. We should look at increasing the retirement age to seventy-five. What? What? That is ridiculous. I mean, these, these are the people that qualify as sane people. Like these are the sane ones. Seventy-five years old. You're gonna have people like dying on the job or something. Like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with these people? I think not only in itself is that like first of all their health for one. You need to be talking about that. These are people who have been alive for 75 years. And they've been working okay? since they've been like 18. What? Right. Like, I I think we need to take into account too, like people, whenever they join um, their political stance, you know, whenever, because mm-hmm. everybody likes to say, well, you're a liberal when you're young and then you get conservative as you get older. Yeah, and yeah. I just feel like, that's... For me, that's... for me, it's the opposite. You start liberal and you start moving to the left because you see how fucked up the liberals like far right really when you think about yeah. it yeah 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 and that was that, that was kind of what the whole election was about here because the um the, the leader of the labor party now he says he's going to resign but he wanted to basically move labor back to the left and they were describing it as though he was some kind of authoritarian communist or something like he was proposing stuff we had 25 years ago and people were like whoa we can never have that you know and i think that's what kind of also why i started my podcast because i have such a hatred for the media the way they lie to people constantly and make them seem like we can't have the bare minimum. Like, yes. you have people, I mean, there's this girl, again, she was like my age, so you think she's a bit more open-minded. 
she was like, oh, a lot, because you know, you have a lot of young people that they, they like to pretend they're woke, so they oppose lefty policies because they think they're the reasonable ones and how are we going to pay for it? You know, all that kind of nonsense. And they think that makes them really smart. And she was like, yeah. oh, a lot of people just, they just support Labour because they're young and, you know, they're so gullible and how are we going to pay for all this? So I was like, so I, I messaged her, I was like, oh, how are we going to buy, what kind of examples do you like, what are the things we can't afford and stuff? She was like, oh, he's promising people free dental care. How are we going to afford that? What? So let me tell you something, bear in mind, we have an, obviously, national health care, we have like government health care and that kind of stuff, single payer, if you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. The conservative government we have now they were first elected in 2010. Yeah. Up until then, we had free dental care. They only changed it and tried to make people pay for it post-2010. So she's basically saying, how can we have something we had 10 years ago? This is the kind of people we have in this, you know. And to them, they're really clever. Yeah, that's so ass-backwards, though, because it's mean, like... It's like, we can't have any nice things. We can't. Nice things, we can't have it. It's impossible. Bear in mind, also, Obviously, I told you, the United Kingdom has like a, there's a, it's one country, but there's also a few countries in it. I live in England. There's another country called Scotland in the Union. In Scotland, Scotland gets all their money from the England government. Scotland have free dental care and free prescriptions. So how can they have it and we give them money and we can't? How, how is that? Uh, it, it doesn't, it never, ever, ever makes sense. And then when you break it down to people and you're like, this is why this doesn't make sense. They for for one, they get mad at you because you're younger than them, yeah, and you're obviously yeah. more intelligent. Yeah. You you obviously have thought this through yeah, better yeah, than they true. have. And I think yeah, they just stop them. They they just they really don't want. And I find a lot of times they're really just being assholes. Like why why don't you want my generation to have free yeah, medical yeah, like, yeah, Why can't we have nice things? Like, what's wrong with you people? Like, like it's it's so depressing. I, I think that's why I hate the media so much because they always gaslight people into thinking that way. Like. They'll make it seem like, come on, we can't, you know, we can't have that. And you're like, wait, what? Why not? Other countries have right. it. But they won't even tell them that. Or, or they, they won't, like, the whole, how do you pay for it? Like, I remember writing, a, I used to write a, a blog before I started this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a blog about that out of such rage. Because one of the things that was a, such a hot point, even amongst young people, was the whole idea of free college. Again, we had free college in this country 25 years ago. That's not even that long. And yeah. so now when the, the Labour, the lefty guy said, oh, I'm going to make it free again, people were looking at him like he's some kind of maniac. They were like, how are we going to afford that? We can't afford How are we going to pay for that? He was free 25 years ago. I mean, it's, I know you guys are having this now, isn't it? With like, you know, the democratic debates and stuff. And you know, well, we have all the people saying, oh, you know, we can't afford it. We have to make the rich people pay for it and stuff like that. And obviously what, what, I, what I like that Bernie's finally starting to say is that rich people can go to any primary or any high school or, you know, or junior school. Why can't we just make make it the same for university? It's not even that hard. Like, honestly, it. I think it's just them. They really hate the poor. They do. They want they, us to stay poor do. and uneducated. That is so true. They want us to suffer. Like, there is not enough for them to have some. They want everything. They want it all. It's all like it's it. like Adam Smith said. Like the vile maxim of the masters: all for ourselves and nothing for everyone else. Yeah. Have you? Do you know of Chomsky? I'm sorry? Have you heard of Noam Chomsky? Um, no. Oh, my God. Oh, you have to listen. This is basically the guy that started my political radical... I, I wouldn't even say radicalization because what, what we're saying, it's not even that radical. It's just common sense. No <laughs> one should be homeless. It's... No one should die in the streets. 
Right. Okay. That's what that's, I think that's something that we're going through too now here in America. Like we're, we're literally saying like, Hey, rent is too high in certain places. It's just too, it's not affordable. Not only that, but if you're going to raise the rent, why, why don't you raise minimum wage too? Like who, who can survive off of seven twenty five an hour, especially if they've got a kid and multiple kids at that. Like, I mean, you guys, it's, it's even worse because you haven't actually increased it. So with inflation, it's actually gone down. Whereas here, they always increase it with inflation every time. Yeah. I, I think that's something, it's not something they have to do, but I think if they didn't, they'll probably be like riots or something. So they always increase it by like 20p, 50p, 35p, just basically just to keep you not drowning, basically, keep you just above yeah. water and just stay, stay there. Like people can't, people are so, it's almost like Stockholm syndrome where they've been tortured so much, they can't imagine a better way. Like, yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, have you seen Game of Thrones? Yes. <laughs> do you remember when? Uh, do you remember when? Um, what's it called? The Greyjoy guy. When Bolton had, when Ramsay Bolton mm-hmm. had him, and then his sister tried to rescue him, and he yep. literally refused to go with her because he was so scared that I don't know something bad was going to happen to him or something. It's it's that, I, and I think too, a lot of poor people are just conditioned to believe that they don't deserve better. Honestly, so, so true. like a lot of us really think like well fuck like i'm poor i don't have a college degree like why should i make 20 dollars an hour like yeah, yeah. dude you, you you're you're valuable you're, a, you're a human being right like it this has nothing to do with with a piece of pay like it's crazy and people really believe they deserve this because of of the socioeconomic status that they're they're at and it's like yeah. damn like and I think, and I think that's another reason why I decided to hate liberals because they'll justify it through like educational stuff, like, oh, well, it's a, it's a low skill job. What, what do you mean? It, it's about, <laughs> it's about distribution of the money. Like, I always think of it: how can a company or the workers make ten billion? Because again, the CEO doesn't even make that money; he's just sitting somewhere doing nothing. Or the workers made the money, then they give it to the CEO, right. then he gives them a tiny crumb. Why? Share the money equally, even if it's not equal. If you, like I said. If Jeff Bezos pays his minimum wage worker thirty dollars, he's still gonna have billions, but they won't be starving and like be on food stamps. What's bad? What's radical about that? But it's, like I said, it's some kind of Stockholm syndrome. I think there was it was kind of refreshing to see. I think a few months ago, there was a huge debate about um wealth inequality, and mm-hmm. a lot of people that were defending rich people were getting chastised because they just they look stupid. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, oh, well, you know, they've worked for that money. Why should they give it out? And everyone was like, no, dummy. They didn't do any work. Right. We work for the and money. That's what they don't get. They they really believe in their deranged minds yeah. that these people built their business from the ground. These people were born into wealth exactly. and capitalized off of that. Exactly. And now they're ripping off the people who are responsible for their billion-dollar exactly. corporation. The wealth like, creators are us. We're the ones making that money. And it's just, uh, it's just because every time I watch the media, I just want to pull my hair out because yeah. the, the gaslighting, the lying, the, just the fraudulence, it's so, it's so evil. It is. And in the whole, like, I, I really hate that they do this here in America and they need to stop doing this. The whole, anybody can become a millionaire oh, or a billionaire. I'm like, I'm like, you guys. You're so full of shit. Like, <laughs> do you even realize the amount of time that you have left on this planet? Exactly. Like, none of us actually know. But if, even if we're, we'd say, okay, you're, you're going to live till seventy-five. Boom, you have this amount of time to make a million dollars. It is uh, unless you already have a really, really good like 
support system to shoot you off and just mm-hmm. <laughs> fund you. Like you're, you're not, and, and, and that's okay. Like that's not to rip anybody's dream away exactly, or make you feel exactly. small. Like that's okay. We're not yeah. all supposed to be millionaires. Mm-hmm. And these, the, the people who are millionaires aren't doing anything. There are people yeah. starving in America and Kylie Jenner has, is a fucking billionaire. Like exactly. What? I, yeah. I think that's the point as well. You should be able to do whatever you want. And just, I think that people are so, you know, they're so hostile to that idea because we had the similar thing here where they were talking about increasing the minimum wage to 15 pounds an hour and stuff like that. And when you start to calculate, like, you know, compare it to salary jobs, 15 pounds an hour on a 40 hour work week would actually be more than quite a lot of starter salary jobs here. So you had the, you know, the university degree holders that were very hostile to that idea. They were like, oh, but that makes no sense because that would mean like people that have degrees We'll go and get a job at McDonald's. Yeah. So what? Right. Yeah. What about it? Why not? Right. Go do that. <laughs> exactly. And and what? you could see their, their own um class privilege was was starting to show, because they were like, "Whoa, I have a degree, and that person has nothing. Is going to be making as much, if not more, than me." Even though, first of all, they can increase their wages too. Okay, we're not saying just for everyone should be having a pay rise. You know. Right. Not just, just right. not just not, like not the, just not exactly. just those who are drowning everybody exactly, like, exactly. because yeah because the goal should be you know to make it more comfortable you don't have to just have it where everyone's working but then just work till they die like you know and now one of the policies of our labor um the party which again oh my goodness this no joke this actually happened yeah the labor party proposed reducing the work week from 40 hours to 30 hours so that'll just be two less hours a day imagine the is opposition the prime minister right now he mocked him for that and people were laughing. He so the guy was saying, him. no joke. So the guy was saying, you're going to work less hours, but you're going to have the same pay because we're going to you know, increase the pay. So you're going to be working less hours, but you're going to have the same amount, if not more money. And the other guy was like, you had this, this, let me quote him. He, was, he said, oh, you have this guy proposing a crackpot idea of reducing the working hours from 40 to 30. And the audience was laughing. What? That's <laughs> crazy. What? This I'm sure though everybody, Sorry, everybody what? in that audience is privileged enough to laugh. Is that the thing? I, like, I don't think they are though. I think I don't think they are. I think the idea is that they, they've been so lied to that they, they literally yeah, believe they cannot have nice things. They cannot have nice things. The guy is saying to you, "You're gonna work less for more money," and they're like, ha, "Wait, were you crazy or something?" No, we can't. <laughs> what? I, what? Even my friend, I was talking to him about that, and he was like, "Well, my mom doesn't mind working forty hours." And I was like, but I promise you, she she she'd like working thirty hours even more, right? Like for more money, like that's, exactly. That's, what, why are you oh even my. trying to debate me on this? It's like, oh, listen, that was, why are you why are you arguing about this? Like, what's wrong with you? You don't you don't want to have nice things. You want to enjoy. And I was even saying to him, like, even someone like the retirement age, like reduce the retirement age to like fifty. Like, there's no reason for people to be working until they're seventy. What the hell? That's like <laughs> grandmas, and you know, you're working with people that like. They have to. They have to walk at like two miles an hour or something because they're so slow. Yeah, that is hell. That it's, is literally exactly. It's evil. And the worst thing is, you have like millions of people that can't even get a job in the first place. Just have those people in retirement, social security, or whatever, and get the younger people in the workforce. It's actually good for the economy, you know, when you think about it, because younger people can get you know good jobs and they don't have to pay them you know lower because of you know you can just pay them the same amount as everyone else. Which there's also you know do you guys have that as well? the tiered income yeah we have the um, like the social security but they're going to be doing away with it by the time yeah I'm probably, probably. No, i'm talking about like um 
in terms of minimum wage, because we have a minimum wage here, but there's a minimum wage for over 25s, for over 21s, for over... Oh, 20s. no. See, I wish we... they Everybody makes the same. <laughs> they don't give a damn how old you are. Yeah, they, they do that here. They, they have a minimum wage for over 25s and over 21s and over 18s and over 60, oh. which was another day, which is so... Obviously, they do, they do it just to exploit child labor, really, because they can pay them cheaper. And that's one of the things the um the Labour Party said that like, we're gonna reduce that to eighteen. Once you're eighteen, everyone can earn fifteen pounds an hour and then from lower because you can start working when you're sixteen, that's gonna be ten pounds an hour, which again, how can people oppose this? I just I don't know this. I think to be fair, they made it a lot about Brexit. I don't know if you know what Brexit is. Mm-mm. So the United Kingdom, we're in the European Union, which is some kind of stupid right wing <laughs> establishment that just basically stifle social movements. I think a lot of people don't... That's, that's another thing. It was a very... Basically, the they, they made it about Brexit because the United Kingdom voted to leave the European Union in 2016, I think it was. And then since then, they've been like loads of legal like wranglings and stuff like that because basically <laughs> people voted to leave, but like a lot of people didn't really know what it meant. Oh, so, okay. So after they voted to leave, all the parties were like, oh, but we can get a better deal, but we can get a better deal. You know, and then the EU itself, because the EU has 20, 28 countries, but now it's 27 because the UK is leaving. But then they were like, okay, you can't get this, you can't get that. And then there was a lot of wrangling about, you know, what our relationship should be with the European Union. And the reason why basically the right-wing party won in this country was because they was able to make it about Brexit. Because a lot of the poorer people want to leave the EU. Whereas a lot of the liberals, they're like, oh, the EU is so amazing, you know, and stuff like that. Whereas... Most people don't really care about it that much because if their vote hadn't been called, people wasn't even thinking about it, to be fair. But it happened, and um, I think that was one of the reasons why the left lost so bad because the right-wingers in the Labour Party, they were trying to make it about we should remain, yeah. whereas a lot of the poor people didn't want that. They, they wanted to leave, like, no matter what. And so we had an election in 2017 where the left was like, we're going to leave, but we're going to get a better deal, and they did so good, like, so well. They were so close to winning. And then this year, they just got routed. It was kind of depressing, actually. So that was kind of what it was all about. And um, I actually wrote about this. The EU is actually a very bad institution. But obviously, a lot of people don't think of it that way. Like The EU is basically... Imagine, the EU is like... Imagine you had um, NAFTA. Yeah. But there was like 25 countries in it. And what you had was like the wealthy people in each country just got together and just basically decided what they want. That's everybody's just doing their own thing exactly exactly the wealthy people in the country just get together and, you know and just say you know let's just do this and just do and fuck the poor people in your country fuck the poor people in my country that's kind of what the eu does so it's a bit like people hate nafta in, in america as well i'm sure that's kind of it's the same thing isn't it yeah <laughs> outsourcing and you know you know minimum wage basically no tariffs stuff like that which is very bad for the workers obviously that's kind of what the eu is because i think a lot of people don't realize as well like the EU, basically, EU was kind of on after. So in the 1970s, this country was like huge manufacturing, stuff like that. But then when they signed it, the EU is even worse than NAFTA because the EU, they have, a, they have a free trade area. They have a single currency area as well. So that basically meant that if you're in the UK, even though the UK is a much wealthier country, quote unquote, than Romania or something, the minimum wage in the UK is like £8, whereas in Romania, it's like £2. So they could just move the job to Romania. Oh, wow. And so you can't you can't compete with that, you know, obviously. So what they would say is, first of all, they would make you have concessions to reduce your wages, then they'll move the job out anyway. 
So you go to places outside London and they're like ghost towns. Like nothing happens there. Like the place is completely hollowed out because there were huge manufacturing towns and, you know, their jobs were robbed after we joined the EU in the 1970s, I think it was. But a lot of liberals, they're not even aware of that. So they don't really understand why so many people hate the EU. It's almost like a bit like, you know, Trump or NAFTA, you know. Hillary Clinton was like, oh, NAFTA got so many jobs. And people in Michigan and Ohio were like, what? Like, what are you talking What are you talking about? That's <laughs> all our jobs were NAFTA. But the liberals, I, I remember watching CNN at that time. And they were saying that as well. Like, oh, they, you know, they said NAFTA's added 6 million jobs. And you, you could see that's how out of touch they were. Like, they genuinely right. believed this was a good thing for people, even though it obviously wasn't. So you have a lot of that, a lot of that here as well. Like they will be like, oh, you know, you know, things are getting better and nicer and stuff like that. And people are so like, especially the people that bring you the news, they're so out of touch. Like they, they don't understand at all. And um, a, a lot of that happened because when I even when I wrote about you, I didn't know much about it like that as well until I started to research and I wrote an article. And but I, I kind of, I genuinely thought we'd moved on from it because the vote happened like three years ago and like, I didn't even people care that much because I felt like, you know, there was a lot more press and stuff like austerity and the NHS is being hollowed out so badly. Like, in five years, I think we might be just as bad as you guys because <laughs> it, honestly, it's getting so weird. Well, yeah, tell me, what's the state of healthcare? What's, what's going on right now? Oh my gosh! I mean, everybody knows. I haven't spoken to an American about it like properly. I, I just see the you know the, the crazy stories on on social media, right? So, so what about, what about your personal healthcare? What's what's going on with that, for example? Are you kind of like, like my praying you don't healthcare? praying you don't get sick or something? Is that it? Um, like I don't even. Yeah, honestly, I don't even have healthcare. Like, Jeez. like if I were to slip and break my leg and somebody saw me and and goes okay i'm calling the police you better not i'm not getting in that ambulance <laughs> that is like the ride to the hospital in itself is like a thousand dollars i'm not doing that are you out of your damn mind you better call me an uber i just don't like, understand what is that about it's very reason it's crazy though too because like okay so there's this um there's this woman on TikTok and she's getting really popular because she's giving us medical advice. Oh, those on tips about to... like the itemized bill and all that. I saw that. Yeah, like that's something that Americans, I never knew that. Wow. I never knew they charge you $37 for a fucking band-aid. Like what? <laughs> that is, and I, it's just really because they know that people who can afford to, um, or people who, who, who are in and out of the doctor typically have insurance. Oh. I would say poor people are once, we, we can't afford it to be in and out of the doctor's office. We, we don't, if, if I got like pregnant right now, mm -hmm. I would be like, shit, fuck. <laughs> you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna deliver at home or something. I, I would have to. Wait, wait, wait. So even if you're pregnant, they don't help you with that? No. <laughs> no. I don't, what? I don't understand. Like the state doesn't say you have an actual baby on the way. You don't want your baby to die. So let's help you. They don't care. Wait, so if you, how do poor people do it then? Um, well, the the thing here in America, like if you don't pay your medical bills, mm -hmm. um, I think they can garnish your wages. I think, and that, and I think that's if you have like an outstanding amount of debt, but they don't put it on your credit or anything. So if you don't pay your bill, you just don't pay your bill. I'm assuming, like, oh, um, 
but I, I we do have a lot of little like free clinics here and there or where the where it'll be like super super cheap if you would um a, a, california has a lot of those if you don't have insurance they'll go and be like okay well if you need this prescription filled it's only like 12 dollars, you know oh, but okay. but that's not in every case california is a very liberal state in mm. a state like this i'm sure if i went to the hospital and couldn't pay they'd be like oh well take you better smash that IV out, Chica, because <laughs> they'll put a gun out. Like, what? What? You're trying, you're trying to enjoy healthcare without paying? What? What do you think this is? Communist Russia or something? <laughs> no, for like it's it's crazy. And like um, even too like when I used to live in Alaska, there are literally hospitals specifically for Native Alaskans. And if you are not Native Alaskan, they can refuse to treat you. Like, <laughs> so you have medical apartheid, basically. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Wow, that's insane. That is, I mean, I just, I, I just don't, I literally don't understand. Like, I, it's kind of, it's very hard to believe. I mean, here, it's it, obviously, it's, it's getting hollowed out a little bit. Because I, I realized the other day that um, I had, um, my eye was hurting. And I literally didn't even want to go to the hospital because you can, you can go and they'll see you the same day. But you have to get here really early. I guess that sounds a bit like privileged <laughs> compared to what you're describing, I guess. <laughs> Like, um, but if you want an appointment, like you just call them up and they'll give you an appointment. Probably, generally, it's like three or two weeks later, mm-hmm. and then you can just show up, and then everything's fine. We started to pay for prescriptions here recently, like a few years ago. But I think there's a cap on it, though. They can only charge you, I think, eight pounds or something like that. That's the highest. So whatever drug you're trying to buy. Oh wow! But see, yeah, I wish we had that here. <laughs> yeah, I, but like my mom. Are, sorry, go on. She she had um this blood pressure medicine and it's literally like she totaled it up it'd, it'd be like 34 bucks a pill like what it, it's crazy here they really they're just... going, they're going to die they're going to die yeah i am um, you if, if you're if you're poor you can get these um these um exemption certificates and they're, they're quite easy to get i'm not gonna lie like they don't even check much like if you wanted to like scam it you could so I've had it for a few years, but like that's because like I'm self-employed, so I don't really declare any of my wages and stuff. Hello? Hello? So that was my conversation with Juni B, host of the Other Side of Truth podcast. It's a podcast about black women, race. You know how those things interact stuff like that so um do give it a listen like i said the link is going to be in the description i hope that was very that was as um, informative for you guys as it was for me and if anyone wants to come on to talk about what they want to talk about my resource is free for you to do that don't forget to subscribe and like my podcast give it a rating be honest something high thank you very much and I'll be releasing another podcast very, very soon. Thank you for listening.